Welcome to Nice Work, a podcast of the Super Nice Club, where we're just trying to make the world 10% nicer. One zero percent. It's not a lot. I'm your host, Todd Brilliant, and kind of a little humble brag here, we've just passed 33, 33 billion with a B subscribers, making this the world's most popular, most popular podcast by like a hundred times. It's pretty exciting. We achieved this in just 10 months. So yeah, that's, that's cool. Anyway, you know that thing where you have a better looking brother or more famous sister, or super successful friend. And so when people talk to you, you're a little skeptical about whether they want to get to know you or they're just seeing you as a like, a like a backdoor to that other person. You know that thing, right? Well, that's not what today's podcast is about. Then, if we're being honest, it sort of is, or at least it started out that way until we figured out that our guest, this week's guest, the guest you're about to listen to is in fact super nice and beautiful and interesting and wicked sharp all on his own. This week's guest is the super nice Tyler Schmidt. Tyler has spent years, years glued to the hip of Gary Vaynerchuk, aka Gary V, the wildly popular author, personality, entrepreneur, and just inspirational human. That's that's why we asked Tyler on the show, right? The whole better looking brother thing, to get a sneak peek, an inside view of Gary V's operations. But it turns out that Tyler can dish on that. Yeah, but he also has his own take and his own methodologies that are totally worth your time. So I hope you listen in. I know, for example, that I've adjusted my approach to how I view and tackle a busy day just after a short talk with Tyler. And whether that's Tyler's wisdom or Gary V's is hard to say. I kind of suspect it's a combination of the two. Either way, I'm grateful for the tweak to my approach. And I think I know you will be too. Besides talking about how Gary, the quote-unquote world's busiest man, gets it all done, from, as I said, a super insider perspective, we get into the pure, sweet power of the practiced pivot, how to move on from failure, why being nicer to your barista could net you millions of dollars. Now, seriously, rule number one of the Super Nice Club, don't be a dick to your server. Uh, we talk about how to avoid becoming a double loser, the psychology of scarcity, Tyler's super nice challenge for you, and of course, Baseball cards. Yes, baseball cards. As perhaps one of the most potent and dead simple investment opportunities out there. I mean, besides the whole grading racket. Don't get me started on the whole grading racket. Oh, it's sneakers. We talk about the crazy kicks that the kids buy up and never wear. Would you wear shoes that might be worth 50 grand in a couple of years? Probably not. Uh, we talk about family. We talk about family. So much more important than ever during COVID. Have you told your family members you love them recently? Have you? I mean, we take, we don't do that enough. It's true. Pause, pause the podcast. Just go do it. Text, phone, in person, whatever you need to do. I'll wait. Okay. You back? It was worth it, wasn't it? It's cool. Anyway, this is a great conversation as usual. Thanks to my ADD, it rambles and pinballs around a bit, but Tyler's calmness more than evens out my, uh, my jackrabbit jitters. If you're new here, new to the podcast, welcome to the Super Nice Club. We're a club that you really need to be a member of, you and about 8 billion others, because being nice isn't hard. You're kind of born knowing how to do it. You're kind of born nailing it. 
This club just helps remind you of how awesome you already are. And these days, it seems a lot of folks are forgetting the essential goodness of being human. Fear is the mind killer, and a lot of minds are getting killed. The Super Nice Club is the antidote, my friends. It really is. You can learn more about us, about the Super Nice Club, Instagram, Facebook, at Super Nice Club, or find us online at superniceclub.com, where you can get details about our mission to make the world, like I said, 10% nicer, at least to start. Also at the site, there's super nice merch, like shirts, hats, stickers, hoodies, and more to help you spread the word in your community around this simple idea of making the world a nicer place. In fact, if your nice merchandise doesn't help start nice conversations, you get your money back. Seriously, get your money back, no problem. You can also text uh, Tyler, text Tyler right now. To Don't text Tyler, text like the word Tyler, T-Y-L-E-R. I'm making the rabbit ears again. Text Tyler right now to 310-421-0393. That gets you into the Super Nice Club Insider Community. That's our community community where you get invited to events, giveaways, local gatherings, and more. And if you like this podcast, will you pretty please subscribe, become our 33 billion and one-th member, and pass it along to friends. Post it up on your socials. Podcasting is a crowded space, and we really want to stand out. It cannot happen. It will not happen without your support, without your help. So pretty please. Okay, I'm done talking at you. Here's nice work with super nice Tyler Schmidt. Tyler, Tyler Schmidt, thanks for being on Nice Work Podcast today. Really awesome to have you on at long last. At long, at long last. last. It is an absolute pleasure. I'm uh, I'm very excited to be here. Ever since we first connected, the Super Nice Club is epic. I love hearing it. Love hearing it. So I always like to know, because I often don't pay close enough attention to my guests beforehand, where are you? I want to know where you I, are. I'm currently in my bedroom that I grew up in that I was... This has been my bedroom since like 94. I was living in the, the city and I've pretty much been now living here since March 14th, March 13th, March 14th, which is like the day everything went down with the pandemic. I upped and came home. So I'm in Montclair, New Jersey, which is just 12 miles directly west of Manhattan in the room that I grew up in. That's crazy. And this is not new news, but... So many people, so many families are coming back together because of this. So many people I know. You know, I'm like, it's crazy. it doesn't matter how old they are. If they're 20 or 40, you get back with family because there's security there. And it's kind of what, there's an argument to me, that's what we should do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, um, it's been wild. I mean, the five, I have an older sister and a younger sister and then my parents and, and all five of us are currently here right now. And it's definitely a different way of of life and thinking and living and shared responsibilities and all that and to your point of something that people should do more often i think it can only lead to good it's not easy though i think you take for granted growing up as a kid the comfort of family and parents and siblings and then when everyone gets a bit older the distance sometimes can be nice but you also, when you are together, you got to realize you, you got to work at the relationships. And no matter if it's your brother or sister, your parents or what have you, you got to spend time on it. Because just because you live in the same household, you know, now that we're all working home and everything, 
you could go four days living right next to someone and not have a real conversation and that can bring its own difficulties. Someone asked me a question of like, what are the things you've learned or picked up on during all this is an awareness more of like independence versus codependence and you know, how that impacts your life. I think for so long when I was like working and in the city, you know, I was living my life. And now that I'm back here with my family, it's been amazing because you're like, you have other shared responsibilities and things going on. And I I do think there's a lot of, lot of, lot of good to it. And then also resources. Yeah. Shared resources. Just remember, you said you have two sisters? Yep. Older sister, younger sister. You know, someday you guys might have that conversation of like, hey, who's mom and dad going to come live with? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's always a fun one too. Yeah. And then you've got to get used to it all over again. It's supposed to be though. That's what family, that's, that's filial piety. Yeah. Filial piety, that respect for our, for our elders, but it's harder and harder. Totally. Something that's on my mind so much right now is, uh, I want to get a plot of land because I also think from, you know, familial and like passing things down, you know, this whole notion even of um, like having a home versus like getting this now with the the population. I always talk about my dad was born in 1959. The population was under 4 billion in 1959 on this planet. Right. It's now over eight. So it's 60 years. Yeah, which pop- isn't that long. Which is <laughs> at like all. no time at all. Yeah, yeah. So I think about like getting five acres, you know, and and building something for the next 250 years for like family, people to own and parcel out and develop. And, you know, as you think about the land, just some random offshoot thought that's been going through my head a lot uh, as coming home here and realizing like five people, you know, you need some more space too. But then also of like how you can develop because what we've seen in this pandemic is we'll talk cards a little bit, but also real estate and how these values you know, slowly creep, slowly creep, and then boom, rocket because of new demand. And like, once that settled, that settles down a little bit, you think about a hundred years of that. Um, I think there's some good investments there. Let's let's. I'm gonna I'm gonna. How do they? How do podcasters say it? They say we'll put a pin in that. Yeah, yeah. put a pin in <laughs> that. We'll put yep. a pin in that. Yeah. Um, that's the first time. Forty episodes. First time I've used that phrase. Uh, put a pin in it. Professional around here. Yeah. Speaking of professionals, here's my slick segue. You work with a hell of a professional, the legendary. Help me out. Entrepreneur, author, yep. digital media maven, mm-hmm. human, all around inspirational, a human, Gary Vaynerchuk. He's mm-hmm. pretty much the guy who inspires inspirational speakers. Yeah. So you worked as Gary's uh, personal assistant for what, four or five years? Yep. That's okay. exactly right. Okay. And then what are you doing now at Vaynerchuk? So now I, uh, my official title is office of the CEO. Really, I work alongside Gary on s- specific special projects. I really help manage and oversee a lot of his social graph, especially on the brand side, like the Gary V side of things versus Gary Vaynerchuk, the CEO. So different interviews that he's doing, podcasts, I kind of keep almost a tap or pulse on certain things um, in terms of our ecosystem. And then we have all of Vayner. And so it's like, how can we utilize those relationships um, to bring value back and forth. We have a ton of brands. We've got a ton of, uh, you know, that 
up and coming influencers. So it's just like value across the organization. And then one of the projects that I'm kind of overseeing and currently running is the development of 137 PM. And uh, I oversee our team there, which I believe is up to 11 now. And we're just constantly trying to push what a publisher can and should look like. And especially over the last six months, I think that we're starting to make some headway and strides and that's just been fun from an operational perspective, learn how to build that out. And um, so that's what I'm up to currently. It's busy, but I like to say busy is relative uh, in, in everyone's in everyone's world, you know. And what's 1.37 p.m. up to? What's so it all about? 1.37 p.m., VaynerX acquired a, uh, a female lifestyle publication, PureWow, I believe about two and a half years ago. And 1.37 p.m., we launched uh, two years ago, I think, uh, as its brother publisher. So it is a digital-first publication, editorialpublication.com, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. It is a publisher for what we describe as the modern-day male. We, uh, 18 to 35 or 42, the best way that I like to describe it is the publisher for the curious male. We, one of the things that we like to put everything through a layer of positivity, optimism, imparting, you know, why I'm on this with you right now and why Super Nice Club resonates with me is like, because we want to make being nice to people cool and being empathetic with people cool and not telling people F you, I disagree with you. And not make cars the ambition or cash the ambition or girls the ambition, but happiness and, you know, work ethic and what that can do and uh, mental health and physical health and wellness. And uh, and then we cover, you know, all things what believe for, for the male, which is fashion, sports, sports cards, gambling, cannabis, hip hop, entrepreneurship, um, the startup world. Prostate People doing cancer. dope shit, yeah. prostate cancer, for, yeah. <laughs> yeah, hair loss, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah, foot fungus, the whole nine. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm going there a, a little bit too. Being you know? a man, yeah, being exactly. a man, ladies exactly. and men. Okay, that's great. Vayner has a bunch of companies, right? And yes. Vayner Media is what I don't, I don't even remember. Eight hundred employees or two hundred employees? Yeah, I think it's between eight fifty and like okay. nine fifty right now, maybe. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So that's a big enterprise. Yeah. And where you go to work, is that all the same building? It, uh, I'm just trying so, to get a feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I started November 2013, just context. I was employee like 294, I think. And where we were, we had our office on 23rd and Park there. And then we moved to Hudson Yards, I believe, in August of 2016, maybe it was. I believe it was August 2016. And that is our headquarters, New York headquarters. We also have an office in Culver City, Los Angeles, in Singapore, and in London, and in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, and then thinking about a couple different expansions. So that was our headquarters in Hudson Yards. In there was Gallery Media Group, which is our publishing division, Pure Wow, 1.37 p.m., our podcast production arm. We also are VaynerMedia, which is our advertising agency. Sasha, which is our small business. VaynerMedia is like Fortune 100, 200. So there's a, a hodgepodge, Vayner Speakers, which is a speaking agency, Vayner Talent, Vayner Sports, which doesn't sit within that world. Had some space in there. 
So yeah, there, we had about, I think, 250, 300 employees there. And then we have a production studio in Long Island City, which is just over the water near Queens. That is, that's a lot going on for one, one human to manage. So of course, a personal assistant is super important. So going back to your PA days, mm-hmm. right? Going back to your PA days. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if it's an exact, I don't think it's an exaggeration. I've seen, didn't Gary put out or you guys put out a video a few years back of like a day in the life? Just kind of follow him through. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like he's yeah, got everything. Put out in, like, a million of them, yeah. Yeah, yeah, five-minute video. Yep. Like every, yep. everything. Yeah, he was doing a lot of vlogs, yeah. Right, right. So he just might lead the busiest schedule in the world. Were you were you just run ragged or did you help create such a well-oiled machine that you guys could just be that busy and feel good about it? Yeah, so it's something. Uh, well-oiled machine in the sense of the ability to change, pivot, move fast, and not beat yourself up. I one thing I always talk I, I talk a lot about how I believe process can only speed you up or help things to a certain degree and there still needs to be an ample amount of room left for the unknown and allow creativity. And when you're making decisions, I think process takes thought out of things. So in a world where there's so many moving parts and balls and you're going to mess things up and, and drop the ball on communications or what have you, mm-hmm. what I, I, what he taught me about it, because I would beat myself up all day every day about just what you're talking about, craziness, oh my goodness, a million things going on. And I was never really a one-man band. We always, Lou and Alex now are run his world. Alex worked with me for a while. There's a bunch of other individuals I worked with during that time. But really the number one thing to keep it a well-oiled machine, and I believe this, when I say busy is all relative, it's just been how I now look at life is shit's going to happen. You got to be able to move quick and adjust and, and not, be romantic about changes something like you know a meeting we need to reschedule the meeting and this means more you know of a priority and cool don't spend 14 minutes being upset that the change needs to happen you got to be able to move fast and pivot and go and if you have a team of people that are always when a big change happens whether it's in an organization or or in life right you're going to a broadway show tonight uh, show got canceled fuck like what am i gonna do about the tickets other or just like all right show's canceled gonna refigure this out what are we doing you know planned a big meal big dinner you go out the restaurant's closed like how are you are you miserable for the next hour and pissed at the world because the restaurant was closed or is it like all right restaurant's closed like where else are we eating do we want to cook at home what are we doing so that is i think was the well-oiled machine part was everyone was built for change rapidly. So it's a process married to a mindset. Yeah. And was that mindset something that was easily taught to newcomers or did you have to hire people that just got it? Um, I would say not easily taught to people. Mm -hmm. And you look for people, I believe, when you hire that just get it because what it really is is it's a focus on the work and not on the who's doing the work and the ego of the work. That's well put. It reminds me as you were talking about, I go way, 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 way back to my, my college entrance exam or not exam, but the essay, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I don't know why, I can't remember why I got into it, but I, I wrote on this, this Indian philosopher whose name I'm gonna probably butcher, butcher um, Aurobindo Ghost. And he had this philosophy 
of being a double loser. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I can remember this correctly, it had to do with, just like you said, somebody wrecks your car, that's a loss, right? Mm-hmm. Getting upset about the loss, now you're losing yes. again. Yes. Right? Yep. Which, of course, we're going to have some upset, but it's moderating that and yeah. moving through it quickly, uh, totally. very quickly, and moving on to the, the appropriate response or solution. Yeah. And I think that to that point, I was something I was thinking about before this is how do you move on from failure? And I, one thing Gary talks a lot about, and I believe to be true, is the more th- things you have going on, the more at bats you have, you actually have more, way more losses, significantly more like fuck ups or right. failures. But you have significantly more W's too. It's it's the baseball analogy, which he always gives out. You know, you bat through 300, you know, 33, 33%, like it's a Hall of Fame career. You bat four out of 10, you know, that's really, really good. Um, but if you only take one at bat and you go for one, so the more balls in the air, you're going to drop more, but you're overall going to get a lot more done and move forward. And and where I was going with that point is um, the double loss theory, I think right now is hard for a lot of people because there's not as many triggers to move on from things. Mm-hmm. You're not going out, you're not having a long day at work and then going out with friends and like oh, having a, a really point. good night, you know, and then being time, able the to like refresh. Over. You're not, hanging out with people you're not playing in company softball game you know you're not there's just this everything is so more magnified and there isn't people don't have as many things to look forward to so you can escape that you know sports was that's sports was a big thing for a lot of people because it Mm -hmm. just took people's mind off things and i think right now me being one person because i felt it like i've suffered more anxiety in the last six months than i ever knew was possible i've become so much more educated on that just going through it um, because I think I, I went so much off of like so much was going on. Got to go uptown here. Got to go to dinner tonight with someone. Boom, this, whatever, lunch. Tried a new restaurant. Met someone new. Went to the Knicks game, whatever. It was like there was always stimulus to take your like mind off of any sort of like failure or, or the stress of doing what you were doing. Right. And I think now there isn't as much for as many people, we're going to get into this phase of new ways of creating that in a, you know, back to like living on one plot of land or being in the same area. We're going the reverse of everything was so magnitude and wide community based. There was no walls. Now it's like, you got to find things yourself, pushups in your bedroom, whatever. Yep. That's exactly right. Pushups in the bedroom. That's uh. That's a good name for uh, for something, a piece, a podcast, yeah. a media piece about COVID, yeah. push-ups in the bedroom, this societal issue. You, you mentioned something that is such great practice for getting used to loss, and that's going to a Knicks game. You know? <laughs> <laughs> going to a Knicks game is, is just one of the best preparations, and I say this. <laughs> I say this as a Sacramento Kings fan, okay? Oh, my So goodness. I completely feel it. And if the Knicks weren't out there, I would feel so much worse Yeah. as a, as a Kings fan, yeah. right? I live in L.A. now, and I can't even, like, way to go, Lakers. Uh, way to go, just Dodgers. awful. But I can't bandwagon those teams. Yeah. I, I don't, you know, I just moved here. I'm a Sacramento Kings fan. Yeah. You know, that's not going to happen. Um, 
I want to talk a, really a lot about, and if you're a Gary Vaynerchuk fan, don't be upset with me for not digging into a lot around Gary, because I think a lot of us are, are Gary V fans, and there's so many questions, but Tyler's not Gary. Like, we'll save that for when, for when Gary's on, on the, the Nice Work podcast. Being in the orbit with your own passions, mm-hmm. right? More than just the orbit, being an integral part of his team, I'm wondering what it's like for you in terms of does that create sort of a professional shadow for you mm-hmm. or does that, or is, does it give you a halo that you can operate yeah. from? Yeah. Uh, both. I'll talk about both. Um, I think one, uh, one of the things that I very much gleaned and like his philosopher approach is, you know, you make your bed every day and people forget that. So I look at that on both sides of that coin. Have I felt stress or have I felt the shadow of, or people only, you know, contact me or why am I on this podcast? Right. At the end of the day, right? Like there's no confusion of my proximity to Gary and what that means for everything in my life, really. Um, From me having the Instagram name Tyler to contacts that I have to, again, being on this podcast to the ability that I have from a, where I live, how I operate, who I know. Yeah, all all of it. And now being back home, it's like the friend group that I had or something. People see me in his videos always. I get it all the time. And it's definitely been a thing of like, shit, all right, like I'm still me. Like I'm very much still me. I'm my person. I haven't changed Right. Like I'm not a different human. Have I changed? Yeah, but we all have. So don't give me that shit. Um, but then there's also, of course, the amazing stuff. I've been able to travel the world working with him. Uh, I've been able to meet incredible people working with him. I've been able to learn an immense amount that most people would pay $250,000 to go to business school for. And all of that has come with my proximity from being, I've learned work ethic, which I, b- I believe also strongly that there's certain things of why we ended up working together is because I always did have work ethic mm-hmm. and I'm incredibly curious. So when something new pops up that he has an interest in, like I can find interest in this new interest. Um, and we're just very like the randomness of how he operates is how I always kind of saw the world. But to my, to answer your question is like, but I make my own bed. So on the negative side, it's like, cool, you don't, you don't want to be associated with that? Go get another job. Go do something else. You don't have to work there. I could probably get a similar salary working somewhere else and not be that. But, like, I don't – I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world, so I can't sit there and be woe is me about anything. Because yeah. then you're just your own, like, you're creating your own issues. Okay, well, then get over it. Do, do something else. Well, and like you said, which was nice to hear from you, by the way, that the reason why you've been working with Gary for all these years is obviously uh, there's a there's a simpatico there, right? Mm-hmm. So he's not going to hire his team isn't going to work with someone who isn't doesn't get it, right? Who isn't part of the team, and so you found your I, mean, I hate to use the word, but you found your tribe there. Yeah. Why would you want to leave it? Yeah. Why would you want to leave it, especially yeah. given that you do have the Instagram name? At Tyler. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it is <laughs> you know, crazy, actually. You can just go, at Tyler. That's, yeah. If you want to find Tyler, it's it's that simple. T-Y-L-E-R. Yeah. I couldn't get at Todd. 
with yeah. my feet. Yeah, yeah. it's just and I'm not an get... expert. A lot of people have asked, yeah. you know, how I the the ways of, and there was really not much other than that. I filled out a request form, uh, <laughs> and they gave it to me. <laughs> it's like yeah. the true story. <laughs> That's great. It's yeah, easy. It's yeah. easy to remember. Yep. The answer is it's been a halo mm-hmm. and you've accepted it mm-hmm. probably with some personal struggles mm-hmm. uh, throughout yeah. throughout the years, right? Yeah. Who am I? You know, that kind of question. Yeah. But like it's um, – and this is like crazy. I'm not like going there, but you were just talking about LeBron and the Lakers and the Cavaliers and or Jeter and the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Like Jeter – now, as a, someone that I grew up a huge Jeter fan and the Yankees, and they're like, well, is there Jeter without the Yankees? And is there Yankee without the Jeter? Right. And now he's down in Miami. Like, Yankee fans are like, well, we appreciate you being part of that, but like, moved on, you know? And so, yeah. but some people, you know, Magic and his time with the Lakers, meaning going back and working with them. What I'm trying to say is that it's how people operate. There's always some form of that, you know? Someone gets a big job at Snapchat, and then some news comes out that Snapchat's going through some shit. Imagine working at Facebook over the last five years, yeah. six, seven years. You're going to the like dinner like with your friends, you know, grown up forties with kids or whatever. They go to dinner, high up executive at Facebook. It's like, how are things going over there? Yeah, you know, they got to deal with it too. Yeah, no, we we have a, a really close friend who's a, a big executive at Facebook, and when you know she comes by. Uh, that is, it's it's a topic of conversation, right? Yeah, that, that's all. But does that define who she is? No, no, you know, no, yeah, not not at all. That is just, it's interesting. It's totally, extra added, it's an extra added layer. So back yeah. to what you were saying, you know, with the extra added layer, you're saying, hey, would I be on this podcast? You know, if it wasn't, no, you wouldn't, because I sent out some gear mm-hmm. to Vayner Media, I think, yep. just kind of yep. like, hey, because, um, but you were really cool about it. You know, you're like, hey, got it, all that. And, and we started rapping about sports cards and sneakers. And yep. So if you hadn't been, A, like friendly and embodied kind of like this this super nice person, and then B, had some extra layers that were interesting, at least to me, yep. Yep. then would have I invited you onto the podcast? No. No. Because it's like, that's not very fun. Yeah. Right? That's just, there are a lot of people, probably the majority of people in similar roles to you would either not respond or just be very terse with like, yeah, cool, thanks. Yeah. And that's what I would expect, right? Cold calls, cold mailings. These are things that you have to do. And you can't be offended, folks, yeah. out there. If you're ever cold calling on somebody and they're not super nice to you, it's okay. Because we're usually not either when we get the, the same, right? But totally. when somebody is really cool, that's like, whoa, hey, that's a standout moment. So that's why you're on the show, Tyler. And, it's and I appreciate it. And I'm pumped it's to be both. here. Yeah. And I think so, that people, again, like don't put themselves in. Everyone has been the cold caller mm-hmm. and then gets frustrated when the person is cold on the other end. And every person has also been the cold person on the other end. Absolutely. But they, but they never think about both at the same time. And that's where there's so much unlock and magic. And that's really, I think, where Gary does his business in that gray of like, can we actually be present and like really realize that there is opportunity here? Most people just gloss over because they're living in this state of, I got other shit to do or like, fuck, this person won't, you know, give me their business. Why should they give you their business? What have you done? Yeah, no, it's true. And and the connectivity, if you remember what you just said, that you've been on the other side, or just remember remember your shitty jobs when you were young, 
Mm-hmm. Remember when you worked as a busser, and these are my jobs, right? Or at an ice cream shop or um, landscaping or so many record stores or, you know, coffee shops, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. When you go to that coffee shop and you're frustrated with the person behind the counter, that used to be you. Don't forget yeah. that. You're, yeah. not only, you're not only discounting that person, but you're discounting yourself, especially your younger self, mm-hmm. which is such a vital person mm-hmm. to, to, to remember. And so remember, and when you're on the phone, whether it's to the IRS or- uh, Yeah, service, customer service, service at Verizon Wireless. Thank those people. Say, hey, you know what? I really appreciate you taking my, this is what I do, you know, because it's genuine. I appreciate you taking my call. I know you get a lot of calls all day long, people asking about their insurance bill, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of them probably aren't super friendly. I apologize for them. I'm going to do my best to be cool to you. And, and you're recognizing the person on the other end as a human mm-hmm. and they get it. They appreciate it. You don't do it because you're, you're looking for their appreciation for them to fawn all over you. Yeah. It well, also makes yeah. you feel good if you do it. Yeah. Yeah. Just connect with people right now during COVID, folks. Just connect with everybody. Yeah. Cashier, whatever. Let's be human. You mm-hmm. know, let's be human to each other. So you were talking a minute ago also about, uh, or we were, about your interest in sports cards. And I want to yeah. get into that because yeah. sports cards are just wild and crazy to me. I have a, a now 18-year-old. Happy birthday, Justice. Three days Happy ago. Happy birthday. Ago. Happy birthday. Justice, brilliant, turned 18. Uh, we've been collecting cards, sort of father-son, since he was probably 10. Nice. Uh, I first was doing basketball because he was all into basketball. Now he's looking for baseball scholarship, college. Nice. Um, we toured USC recently. Sweet. I mean, it's uh, – so now he's collecting on his own, right? Um, and so I've been immersed in that world. And I was always like, hey, man, your mom was friends with Eddie Matthews. You know, let's get mm-hmm. the old cars. Yeah. And yeah. I was always telling him, like, get the old cards. Yeah. Always get the old because they're always going to be solid, right? Yeah. Just get yeah. the old ones. Um, but now, <laughs> damn, son, it's, it's like crazy. Uh, listen to this, folks. If you're not into sports cards, you, you know what a, a basketball card is, a baseball card, et cetera, football card. A 10-year-old Mike Trout card. Mike Trout's baseball player for the Angels. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Rod Carew, my all-time favorite angel. Um, a 10-year-old Mike Trout card recently sold for $4 million. 3.9, something like that. Mm-hmm. $4 million. Mm-hmm. This is a card, a piece of paper, cardboard with some little holographic foil. Mm-hmm. All right? It was a one of one. Mm-hmm. So if you go to eBay right now, you guys, you type in baseball card and then sort highest price you will find a ton of six-figure cards on there. Yeah. Just a ton of cards that are six figures that you can buy it now. So let me ask and, you this. And, but uh, on the flip side, uh, WNBA's product uh, with Panini, yeah. uh, it's Panini Prism, which per- Prism's like the modern-day hot product. Their WNBA product just uh, dropped. Ionescu's rookie card, I believe, is going for like $70 ungraded. Yep. So even at the $4 million Mike Trout, which I believe is like a rookie patch auto, and Trout may go down as the greatest, statistically the greatest player to ever play. Like, I mean, he wins MVP. They don't even, they're like 10 games out of even making the playoffs. He's yeah. that good. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot also of like, hey, this card was $3. Um you know, Russell Wilson, the MVP season he's having right now, but Kyler Murray, for example. You know, if you bought his card, his rookie, last year, the beginning of last year to now, like, that, those are good flips. There's a lot going on, $3 to $40. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's where justice plays usually is in that range. He keeps Just an eye on those, it. I mean, those yeah, are yeah. That, those are not returns yeah. right there. Like th- those are good returns. Yeah, especially that's if you're 10X. doing. Yeah, you could be doing 10, 20, 50, 100 of those at a time, and it's not hard. Mm-hmm. So on the oh, – this is there's just so much here with yeah. these four cards. I don't want to bore people, but I mean, you can jump in to explain it better. But these cards that are worth a bunch, they're, they're manufactured scarcity. They have cards like this Trout card that are yep. one of one. It has a piece of a jersey patch in it. Sometimes Panini gets busted for like, you know – putting mm-hmm. grandma's underwear in there instead, yeah. whatever. Ostensibly, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it's got a piece of a patch on there yep. uh, and an autograph. And these cards, they're not just the ones that you buy in a pack for a couple bucks at Target. The the new packs, what do they go for? It, Some of these. It depends because it's, it's a fairly mature market in the sense of they've got all price points yeah, in terms can, of how they release it. But for me, hundreds of dollars the cards thing cards. is like three... Yes. Anything you believe to be possible in cards is possible, is happening. So uh, you want a day trading platform for cards? It's out there. You know, meaning like tonight, Thursday night football. uh, What if Todd Gurley goes for 350 and three touchdowns? All of a sudden he's back. He's healthy. It's like the card might be up 25%. And that 25% might be his base card that's $6 raw that is now going for $9 raw. Right. It's happening and it's out there but the way that sports cards because for me gary introduced me to the whole world about a uh, little over two years ago we went to the national uh, trading card convention in um yeah national sports card convention in chicago uh it's like applied you know an applied college degree it's like an applied business degree Mm-hmm. For me, there's a lot of, if you're listening to this right now, you've probably seen it, you've probably seen now Pokemon's going crazy, yeah. but these things seem abstract until you actually really click into them. Like eBay's been around for forever. Gary, when he first got me into it, was like going to garage sales, buying stuff for $3 and selling it on eBay yeah. for $50. And there's a lot of people that, like, if you actually just put in 10 hours a week on that, you can make a good chunk of change. Yeah. Now, it can be about the money if you need it, or it can be about the applied learnings of supply and demand and consumer attention and insights and how they consume, where they consume, what it takes to run a business, how to make profit, don't spend all your money here, diversify, because if you double, if all you do is take 100% of your um, you know, cash flow, put it into one card, the guy gets an ACL, and now you're down, boom. Like These are all applied learnings that I, my passion is, wow, this is a real hobby game community that like I can learn a lot of things that are going to, mm-hmm. when I want to be a CEO of a company when I'm 52 years old, like it's the same stuff. Yeah. No, it's a really good point. And to go back again to, uh, sorry sorry to make you the, the, the co-star justice of this show. Um, it's okay. He doesn't listen to my podcasts. Um, it's, that's been such the case with him, just learning a lot of marketing because you have to market. Yeah, there are a lot of people that have the same card, but you know how you how you present it, how you show yeah, its pedigree, exactly all right. these kind of things. So you now ship he's, something, you package it up nice. You're packaging. Bur- oh yeah. Like what does that yeah. mean when the person receives it versus a shitty package thing? The whole thing, which worked him. By the time he was uh, seventeen, he got a job as the um, 
marketing director for a summer, uh, college summer team, mm-hmm. you know, in Sonoma County, California, mm-hmm. because he knew how to market stuff. Yeah. You know, and, he, and so specifically baseball. Yeah. Right. And so he goes in there. He knows what to do with the team's jerseys. He knows how to turn them into masks and, mm-hmm. and do promo events and all this kind of stuff. Why? Because of trading cards. Yeah. And if you also want to just your eyes and your mind get blown, remember what I said about folks checking out baseball cards? As Tyler just said, type in Pokemon card and then check those prices. Pokemon cards. Go check it out. It's insane. You're going to run into your kid's room and like dive into all the Pokemon cards on the ground there. And you're going to like look. It's impossible to tell the difference. I mean, Pokemon's even more complicated and weird. And there's so many. There's a lot of uh, forgeries out there. Yeah. And then... This is the best part, you guys. When you find that card that you see for thirty-five grand on eBay, uh, but your card's not graded, mm. all right? And so grading, I want to talk to Tyler about grading. It's so subjective, but nearly the entire value of your card is going to be assigned by a remote grader at PSA mm-hmm. who doesn't really have to answer to anyone and can be influenced. Now, if you have if you have a card worth, you know, three million dollars, it's in your bet and it's a it's a you know, a 10 out of 10, it's in your best interest that no other cards get that 10 out of 10. Yeah. So, you know, there's room to sort of influence. I'm not saying that anybody's influencing PSA, but it does make it sort of a, a dicey proposition. Totally. But it, again, it, like the, there's a lot of education that you get in terms of markets. Yeah. One, it's an unregulated market. So to the point of uh, you can buy a hundred cards of something and then you can go on a big tour about how this is the greatest card in the whole world and it, the value goes up 20% and you sell it like that there's nothing that's not illegal whereas if you bought 100 shares of apple and then you're like buy apple buy apple buy apple you can't do that so it's a right. bit of an unregulated market those also exist elsewhere so again it's just like learnings i don't that's something i'm always thoughtful about i don't personally love that one thing about having a podcast around cards is like the things that I like and you have an audience that's like, I'll do that. But th- that's always existed. I mean, Absolutely. why does um, Dunkin' Donuts partner with Charlie D'Amelio? Right. Right. Same thing. So what it's, are it, your thoughts? You know, like she can't run around and be like, buy this stock, but she can say, Dunkin' Donuts is sweet. Yeah. You know, and then if you're, if you are now you're 22 and out of college and you've done all these things and you walk into your first job as, you know, an associate marketing manager for something, you know a lot about how, what influences people's purchasing decisions and not in today's day and age in the digital world. What are your thoughts on the card grading industry? Do you, do you predict that we're going to see big changes in it in the next couple of years? I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure. I think that there will be AI and authenticated grading, but I also believe that the rate of change to that will be slow and steady and end up happening through acquisition. I think that, you know, will it get upended completely? At some point, yeah, like, but SGC, or there's really three main players, PSA, which is publicly traded company, Beckett, and... um, PSA's holding company above it is publicly traded and SGC. Those are kind of like the three players. PSA's the the lead. But I think in terms of if and when someone moves to AI grading, again, there's going to be a lot of people that are like, 
if that happens, the value of all this stuff is in jeopardy. Right. And in markets freewheeling like this, like when there's consolidated wealth, because I do believe that the top 5%, you know, of like wealth in cards is probably owned by small or the top 50% of most expensive cards are owned by like 5%. Like that's how those things happen. So when they are ready, the, the change will be slow, but I, I don't believe it's going to come anytime too quick. Um, but I think it will at some point. I look at that question similarly to, are we going to have self-driving cars anytime soon? Mm. Well, Self-driving cars are going to put a lot of car companies out of business. You also have to, you know, a lot of contractors in terms of government, um, like new roads and infrastructure. Like there's so many different factors that there's also going to be a lot of money that goes into not letting it happen so that their business can remain alive and sustainable. Yeah, I would assume as much or until they can until jump into they're on their own. prepared. Mm-hmm. To do it, that's correct. Um, that's going to be fun because it's it is very much like the um, the umpires, the strike zone. Yeah, uh, you know, can we remove the person from this subjective process, and then will people buy into it? And what does that do to the history of the game? Right. Fortunately, you don't have to, you can't go back and revisit every strike that's been thrown. Yeah. Sure, somebody someday might do that and say, here's how many strikeouts Kershaw would have had if he had yeah. you know, the yeah. when the technology totally. gets there. Yeah. Right. But that won't impact any record books. That'll just be another thing for baseball geeks to geek out about, which yeah. is what fuels the sport. So baseball cards, do you have a personal do you have like a personal favorite? Like this my one card that you would never sell? My one card that I would never sell is probably um yeah Killian Mbappe I have his like rookie sticker I believe in him so much he's a 22 I believe he's, tw- he's 21 um French soccer player that I have followed for quite some time now and the card the value of that card has risen tremendously um I feel like I'll hold on to that one forever but then again I I don't I also say that now and today and that I also try not to get too romantic um, about them because their storage of value. There might be a self-driving Porsche that you want someday, and you could just trade yeah. this little piece of or, paper for it. Or um, the person that owns the four acres plot out of land that I want Boom. to get. There we go. He values the car, and I'm like, equal exchange, cool. Yeah. I'm just saying, I get four acres for my family for 250 years. Yeah. No you get a three by two piece of cardboard. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. great. So similar to similar to baseball cards. Museum show. And I'd love to know. There was all these beautiful. I don't know if anybody's going to feedback on this. I would love to know, Super Nice Club, from a collecting. If you're collectors, what's your favorite all-time card? And I don't care if it has a value. Just that one card that you would never let go of. You know, do you have one of those? For me, it's Roberto Clemente because his story is so cool. Crazy, you know, a thrash card. You know, I'm sold. That I no longer have, by the way. That I had when I was a kid. Right. Most expensive orchid. For different people, it's different things. What is your your memory card? Non-key. 
me know. Did. Just just uh, post it up uh, on the feed on this podcast. Message me. Call me. You guys know how to get an auction it's fine. To an So similar to cars, flower ever this is the other geeky thing. And we're not getting into pinball or Polaroids, which are two things that I love a lot. Sneakers. Yeah. I'm gonna say if I can remember my history. Have you been doing sneakers? Collecting sneakers longer than cards, or you know, lady comrade she could correct me. Yeah. So my cousin Pete got me into sneakers back in the day. Oh, tulips. I'm thinking probably around middle school. People gave away honestly, sports cards for tulips. Has right. been a business for me. I, I love it. I don't know I what the story is, but I know a lot of people like make reference to tulips when the sports car thing now, is like going some, crazy. Uh, Nike SB uh, Green Lobsters. Uh, yeah, I probably exactly. will sell. Um, I'd rather have. A, I've never bought a pair of I mean, sneakers like with flowers, the intention to sell them for more money. I think money. I'd rather have a, a okay. sweet pair of so kicks fashion game and some tulips. So that's yeah, just I just me. like the culture of it. I always like for shoes that I pay for sneakers. Tulips. Am I wrong? Uh, and then to what's happened that? there has exploded a lot for in the last a you know what do you want to call five eight years Japanese maple that'll be coming acceptable in two hundred fifty year compound. But yeah, I was buying Jordans. I'm thinking four acres too small. By the way, I want you to dream a little bigger. Yeah, I think you're right. How much on a pair of sneakers? 40 acres. Um, yeah, to zero. Maybe a couple because, zeros. Ooh, it's it's amazing. Yeah. And that and, my cousin uh, just put me on game early. Things like, you feel when you get used to uh, on, like, I, li- I lived on a 116-acre property at one point for several you. years. And it was just my culture. In a, in a different like, life. Growing at up. At a winery um, and an art gallery and all this different stuff. The difference between And that property, especially when you have like an ATV. I never need that part never intrigued me. Then let's so now wrap that this up. I want to get back to Gary real quick because you said he has some thoughts on real estate. Sports cards for me that aren't like, he does? Oh, like was that was that, that he car, does or was it you? Certain cards no, are like that's I don't care your money. Like in this COVID world, like what's the real estate play? Where where are you guys what, thinking? I, I, was there I, a certain I, part I of the world? Cards me and this isn't a Gary thing. I've really I don't talk to him too much about real estate. Sneakers was we've had one or two combos around COVID about it as a. A What's your plans? Thing. What's your thoughts? I, I mean, he loves the city. He loves the action. But for me, I think about land. Can you give us a quick ownership of land don't know in this country. This I think um, is just we, you know, I live in overview of actually the most densely populated like area, I believe, <sighs> yeah, I in mean, the country, New Jersey, what, especially really, North Jersey. But Nike you know, if you think about just from a flipping perspective, you know, the middle of the country where there's a lot of land. There's so many numbers. Broadband internet now drilled in, and and the rise in the population again, like we said, per se, the global population totally doubled in the last sixty years. To DTC, I think collaboration. Say a hundred years from now, see what Virgil did land with like just ownership of land is going to be very important. Indicators of yeah, kind of. I would love to find that perfect spot. And everybody says, yeah, but it's too cold. Or, yeah, but it's too hot. You know, you know when they're looking yeah, right yeah, now, especially in California with all the fires, yeah, right, uh, and the, the looming earthquakes or whatever. I mean, California's kind of a mess. Yeah. I love you, California. Like, yeah. My own is becoming driver. much more and more like, of a, is on the high end, it's been obviously Jackson Hole and some of these cities. Like more people are going and living there. Yeah, they are. Even like middle class and Boise, Idaho, people are running to run into Boise. See, like where are these places that are uh, kind of moderate all around, right? Yeah. The, uh, the um, Goldilocks syndrome. We're trying to find the Goldilocks for where we're going to live with our land. And we're kind of looking, but it's, it's always a trade-off. If you want to have access to your preferred culture, whatever that may be, uh, your preferred weather, work. But like you said, with with is it today, I think, today that uh, that smart guy, uh, Elon, 
turned on his uh, high-speed internet, his satellite internet. You can start signing up as of today for 99 really? bucks a month. So you can be anywhere in the country yeah. and be getting super high-speed, and that's going to change the game, and we're seeing that happen right now. I'm fascinated by that. I'm fascinated by the demographic changes. I just It's hard to get real-time, accurate numbers on that. If there was a map that showed where people are moving, right. I would be glued to that thing more well, than... Well, there is one, and yeah. it's just not public. I mean... Can you get me access to that? No, nah, I, I, I wish you <laughs> had it, but I know that I'm tracked and you're tracked yeah, one way or the exactly. other. The, the info lives somewhere. Yeah, no, you're right. Before I forget, I did want to mention something that I that probably a lot of folks have noticed uh, about Gary, and I want to see if you have any insight into it. It feels like, and maybe it's just because I'm part of his community app, mm-hmm. you know, the texting app. That he's really going with a lot of love and light messaging over the past year or so. Is that something that uh, has he always been like that? And now he's just comfortable sharing that. I mean, it's always been part of his thing. Yeah, I'm not saying it's yeah. not, but there's been a change. I think it's a reaction to the, the the landscape of at least the country, if not the world, the divisiveness that exists right now. And I so think he's that stepping he up. feels responsible to, yeah, like when I was explaining 1.37 p.m. as well, like I think he and in turn myself from being so close to him feels a responsibility to um, speak on kindness is cool, empathy is cool. Like it not only does good for you, but it does good for the world. Yeah, it's, it's a remarkable shift. I've, you know, you'll get, if you aren't, you, if you type, how do you find Gary's community? I'll put a link in the show notes, mm-hmm. but community is a really neat texting service where Gary Vaynerchuk and other, a lot of celebrities, yeah. uh, Super, Ni- Super Nice Club has one as well. We got in on the sort of the, when they opened the doors up a little bit more. Nice. But you can get texts directly from Gary that just come in, depending on what your topic is, if you're into baseball cards, if you're into wine, if you're into just his business advice or just whatever. And he'll reach out with messages. And they're usually really positive, optimistic, uplifting, just sort of out of the blue uh, shot in the arm, which is, of course, what Super Nice Club is all about, too, which made me even more excited seeing um, that overlap to have you on this show. And I'm just going to say it, guys. If you want to get into the Super Nice Club community insiders, just pick up your phone, which you're probably using to listen right now. That's okay. Text me. Text me uh, anything. Just a word, something, hello, to 310-421-0393. 310-421-0393. If you text, let me think. If you text Tyler, then I'll send you something. I'll send you something in the mail. All right. I'll send you something in the mail, real mail. Um, I'll I'll probably put stamps on it. I have thousands of stamps that were my dad's and they're from the thirties, forties, eighties. I use them on my postage. All right. So you'll get some of my dad's stamps on there. Uh, Text Tyler 310-421-0393. What's the future for Tyler Schmidt? What are you you up to? What's, you know, post COVID you're going to get the land, but how do you want to get there? What's your process? Uh, Slow and steady. Stay happy. Stay curious. I don't really, I don't think too much out of terms of planning. Stay on the offense. Mm-hmm. Um, keep being kind and developing new relationships. And I, I, where we're going, we don't need roads. I don't know. Yeah, I don't like, <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm in like a pinch me and wake up. It's been that way for a long, 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 long time. So I, I've never been one to say, I want to do this or do that or, 
you have a lot of relationships, I can only imagine. And that's so much of it is building relationships with people. Mm-hmm. Which brings me back to, you know, just being nice to your your server at the coffee shop or at the restaurant because that server could be your boss in 10 years. Hell yeah. You just MVP. don't know, right? Yeah. And so, guess what? They might have 7 million fans on TikTok. Exactly. Who will destroy you if you're rude. <laughs> and but guess what? You might want to, you might have a product that you're looking to sell. And then all of a sudden you don't even realize that the key to unlocking your entire product is the person serving you coffee. But don't be nice to them because you're thinking you might get a reward, obviously. Just be nice because it's easy. And we need a nicer world. 10% nicer. That's what the super nice yeah, world is. And it's just, you, you never know. Like, why not be friendly to everyone? You don't know. It feels good. You don't have to be best friends with everyone, but you can smile at them. And then they might smile back and then you might say hi. And then you guys might be friends 17 years later. That's true. Or you might be married. And it's mm-hmm. also an anxiety release. Being nice helps with anxiety. And we're all dealing with anxiety right now, whether we admit it or not. Yeah. And we're supposed to be. It's normal. It's totally normal to feel anxious during unprecedented times. Completely agree. Okay. So we wrap these podcasts uh, with a super nice challenge. This is where the guest, that's you, gets to issue a challenge to the super nice club members, the podcast listeners, just something they can do uh, that they should try maybe, maybe a one-off or maybe something they can incorporate into their daily routine, uh, to make their world, the world around them just a little bit nicer. You got anything? Right. 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 Five days in a row somewhere write down on paper, anything thoughts from your head, recap your day, recap your mood, Talk to yourself through writing down on paper. I've been journaling for 10 years now, mm-hmm. and it's been absolute life changer. I can agree with that one. Part of my morning habit is to try to write, and anything is the key. Anything. Just, just let it go. It can be a thank you note to somebody or a letter to a best friend or a piece of short fiction or a remembrance. Now, Tyler, I saw that you picked up a notebook. I'm curious. Do you write by by pen and paper? or Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you do. That's yeah. fantastic. Yep, I love that. that I love yeah. that. I, I don't see it very often anymore. And I've commented on that before. That if I'm in, if I'm out in public and I see somebody actually writing with a with a writing implement, yeah, I'll, I'll walk up to them sometimes and kind of like give them props. Oh, I like, love it because it doesn't. You just don't see it. Look around. You won't see people writing in a journal very often. All right. So that challenge is accepted. Everybody, write for five days in a row. Please, write, please, please. write to the Super Nice Club. Write some love letters to the Super Nice Club. Um, we do some pen pal stuff with uh, with some seniors who are looking for pen pals. So if you want to get involved with that as part of your writing, um, get a hold of me, Super Nice Club, and we'll set you up. Lastly, very last, do you have a question for me? Any question? Do I have a question for you? Five years ago, did you think you'd be doing what you're doing right now? No. Five years now, I was working in fintech, uh, marketing, creative director, and uh, I was not doing what I wanted to be doing, which is writing. I was doing a little bit TV development you know, on the side, but writing scripts, uh, writing fiction, 
I, I wasn't doing it. And I wasn't, I was also several years out of working for a beautiful, wonderful nonprofit think tank that's dedicated to, shout out, Post Carbon Institute, dedicated to really saving the world, uh, you know, with these different fellows, 29 different fellows working on different siloed specialties, but all related to energy and resource scarcity and climate issues. And working for a nonprofit, you often feel like, wow, I'm, I may not be making much money, but I can look my kids in the eyes and go, hey, man, I'm trying, right? Mm-hmm. If things are going to hell. I can look back and go, you know what? I, 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 was, I was trying. I really was. And then move over back into fintech because you need to make money. And it didn't feel great. It felt great because I worked with uh, an individual, Jeremy, who I adore. He's one of my very best friends you know, to this day. But it wasn't where I needed to be. And I didn't know how I was going to get to where I am now, which is the city I want to be in, which is Los Angeles. Anybody out there is a hater. I get it. But LA is a beautiful place where you can find what you need if you're open to it. And the Super Nice Club wasn't even a, a speck. You know, that was the Super Nice Club was a, 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 a moment of inspiration, a random moment of inspiration when I was out gardening. I was going through a period of time where I told myself any idea I had, I had to at least execute it partially to get to the point to see if it was a good idea. So I went in, I created the logo real quick. I typed up some stuff like what the club looked like. I created a Facebook page, you know, not expecting much, but it ended up happening. I never saw that coming. So no, uh -uh. I I didn't see it coming. Five years ago, I know exactly where I was and I wasn't sure where I'd be. And I sure love where I am now. Hell yeah. Yeah, so. Hell yeah. Anyway, so that's it. Tyler Hell yeah. Really appreciate it. Glad to have you on. Thanks for giving us some insight, uh, of course, into Gary, but also into you. You know, what makes you tick uh, your 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 concerns in, in today's world? And I think we're all going to root for you to get your 400 acres of, of land somewhere in the uh, Joshua Tree uh, Desert. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Someday, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Make sure you invite me. I'll, I'll, I can build a cabin real fast. I will. I'll figure it out. Thanks, man. All right, man. No doubt. This is fun. And so there you have it. Super nice conversation with the truly super nice Tyler Schmidt. If you want to see what Tyler and Gary and the rest of the team are up to, there's there's links in the show notes, of course. You can check that out. Um, you know, as I stand here in this in this little podcast booth of mine, I'm feeling, I'm really feeling the anxiety and the stress and the concern around what's been unfolding after the presidential election. And I really want to just riff on uh, just an inspirational bit of thinking around how we can come together, how we can choose to come together in this moment. But I'm not that guy. I, I don't have that inspirational riff in me. So what I'm thinking, though, is just Google like um, inspirational words about presidential election 2020 um, and healing right? And you'll find something cool. I'm sure you'll find somebody who's done some essays on there, some really good writers. So read those. And when you're done, connect that good feeling, that euphoria and hopefulness that you have. Connect that with the Nice Work podcast. Maybe even with my voice. Maybe when you read it, read it in my voice, you know, in your head. It's just just a suggestion. And then uh, we'll see you back here next week with our Really sweet guest. I'm not sure who it's going to be. I was thinking maybe Dwayne Johnson. I was thinking maybe Johnny Depp would be really timely. Johnny's going through some shiznizzle right now, you know. Uh, 
Or maybe Dave Savage. Maybe Dave Savage would be awesome. It's going to be one of those three for sure. For sure. I, I promise. Okay. Hope you guys are doing great. I love you a bunch. And stay, stay nice. Stay, stay nice. Yeah, that works. I'm putting down my rifle and assert in this war. Cruising my account at the angry store. Just wanna be nice. And baby, that's the bro. That's why I'm joining the super nice club. So come on in. The water is warm. You and I can wait out this passing storm. Just wanna be nice. So what? Big deal.